Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, if you haven't already, smash that subscribe button. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, and uh, if you'd like to, and you feel ambitious, give me a little review on uh, iTunes, Google Play, or whatever else you, wherever else you listen to this. Uh, great news. Website is in the process of being rebuilt. I said it was going to be rebuilt. I'm literally doing it. Finally, um, work has, I don't want to say slowed down, but I've had more time and more creative energy to work on this. And I'm very happy that I am. And it should be done in the coming weeks. Doesn't mean you can't listen to the podcast. You just got to go find it. The web, the old website is still up, by the way. But there's going to be some major, major renovations and things like that that are happening to the website that are going to make it drastically more appealing uh, to everybody and to help keep in the loop. Um, also, and as many of you know, I'm also working on a new company that I've been involved with now for about four months. I've uh, been involved. I started the damn thing. But... Baron Media Group, um, if you're interested in learning how to do social media and stuff like that, I'll be more than happy to coach you, teach you, do it for you, any of those things. Uh, and if you haven't already, follow the podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, if you want to follow me too, Harrison underscore Baron, uh, you can find all that good stuff. But uh, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to give uh, talk about that kind of stuff real quick. Um, got a lot of good things going on with the podcast. I'm slowly building back up into the frequency that I was doing them at, so I don't want anyone to think that, you know, oh, Harrison took off a while or anything like that. I've just been crazy, crazy busy, uh, but I'm super, super excited to bring you guys some really, really high-end uh, content, in my opinion, and the podcast is, getting, uh, is going to be getting tremendously better in the next coming months. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So, my guest tonight, or today, or whenever you're listening to this, is Cindy Hosky. She is a dear friend of mine, uh, and former professor, actually. Um, and we talk a lot about, we talk a lot about Agile. Um, if you don't know what Agile is, she's going to tell you. It's actually extremely interesting, especially if you're a project manager. Uh, most of you, if you haven't listened already to Dan Ryan's, um, this is going to be kind of in addition to Dan Ryan's, um, and then... We talk about a lot, but I, I really do think you're going to love this. Uh, she's just a genuinely good person, great friend of mine. And it was very cool to, uh, the tables have turned from professor to uh, interviewee, I think is the appropriate term. But uh, yeah, without any further ado, please welcome my friend, Cynthia Hosky. What's up? How is everything? Everything is good. Crazy really world good. we live in. Absolutely. Attending class to being on the podcast now. It's so cool. <laughs> it's a wild, wild world. I love the fact that we've come to the point in the world where it's like this can happen. Where it's not like, hey, we're going to go from this to this and that's it. Or, you know, you graduate. It's like, bye. Thanks so much. Like, you can still keep in touch, like, thanks to the internet now. Absolutely. It's like a hyper-connected. Yes. It's good. It's yeah. good. I'm actually going to a a presentation for a high school teacher because on Facebook I got, you know, an announcement saying, hey, we're honoring this teacher who, you know, I'm connected with on Facebook. Like, how cool is that? That's crazy. Yeah. 
Just just the power almost, of the internet. Almost 40 years later. That's how old I am. I'm old. That's It's not yeah. that old. It's not that old. People are going to live to like 100 now. Oh, I know. I have this crazy theory. I've talked about it several times, but there's a good chance, I think, that if it's not my generation, it's going to be the generation following. They'll never die. My grandmother lived to 105. Jesus She Christ. just died like two years ago. I feel like at 100, I'd be like, I'm ready to throw in the towel. I did my time. Like, She was still absolutely sharp as a tack. 105. Crushing it. She's yeah. still alive? She died two years ago at, 100, uh, at 105. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like at 100 years old, I'm like, I did it. I did 100. Yeah. I'm done. Fuck this. I'm out of here. Like... That I did all my work. I did all. I partied. You know, honestly, like, like eighty-five is an accomplishment. Like one hundred and five <laughs> is crazy. And, and then it's like, it's like, oh, okay. We're, you know, you sit down with a financial advisor. You know, yeah, we, we're figuring going to live to like 75, 80 years old. It's like I live to a hundred. Where's all my money? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really. I don't think I want to live to that long. To a hundred? No, I don't see the point. I'm okay with living to a hundred if I can stay semi young, like forty yeah. to fifty. You know, somewhere in that range where I'm like, I still have enough energy to like go out, party. Like I could still get a couple good nights in a week. But then like. If I could function how I'm functioning now until I'm 100, that would be great. Yeah. But, you know, I'm halfway there. I, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> just, just it would the, require massive amounts of weight loss and exercise, neither of which is something that I really like to do. So I don't it's like it's if I could choose to be skinny or have tacos for the rest of my honestly, life. Honestly, tacos are going to win, man. Yeah. Do tacos, I want hard or soft tacos? Honestly, tacos win over most things. I'm sorry. Driving here, my thought was, you know, I haven't really been in this area, and I'm like, oh, there's three taco places. I kind of like this area. <laughs> I bought actually it's funny I bought a taco yesterday and then my and I and I was I was about to eat it I, just, I like there's the bag and I was like I'm super excited in this great taco place like hidden gem and I'm gonna give him a little shout out Mexican Grill 2000 greatest little spot little hole in the wall but it, they make the best damn tacos and uh, my buddy calls me and he's like hey what are you doing for dinner and I was like <laughs> eating the best taco yeah ever. I was like well I have tacos right now and a burrito. And he's like, do you want to get dinner? And I haven't seen him in a while. And I was like, depending on where you say, I can be arm twisted to Dessert. go. Yeah. And he's and then he, he rattled off the place. I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's go. To, let's go get dinner. And, no. I, and now I have a taco. I have a tacos and a burrito for lunch. See, I think we have to do a Mexican hole in the wall, like standoff contest because Dave's Goldmine Mexican. Where's that? That is. It's, in, in, it's in Greenlawn. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, Absolutely. I've been going there for 20 years. I'm going to write this down. Dave's Goldmine Mexican Grill. Dave's Goldmine Mexican Grill. Yep. It's on, like, I think it's Park Avenue or Broadway Green Lawn. That's the name of the road. In okay. Green Lawn. It's, the food is so good. Dave Gee, 4. is. 4.750 reviews. God damn. Damn good, right? Yes. And Dave's awesome. I've known him for so long. I knew him before this restaurant. Okay. And I've followed him through like three different locations now. And his stuff's cheap as all hell. And he makes yeah. it all himself. It is a little hole in the wall, but it's so good. 
That uh, that's the best place. Oh, like yeah. the places that are like well furnished, you're like, oh, all your profits. You yeah. know, you're just trying to make profit so you can keep this no. place nice. I'm like, I want a chair that might break underneath yeah. me. He just cooks a that's dirty all. table, and I want the best damn tacos served on a crappy paper plate. And the only complaints you'll see there are about like attitude. It's just it's like a family business, and his daughter, who I dearly love, she's she just treats everybody like family, which means sometimes she's mouthy and. You know, but that's just how it is. That's how, you yeah, know. You gotta expect. You gotta go in with that expectation. Right. And some people, I guess, want their butts kissed. You're and she's ne- not gonna do it. You're never gonna have. Nobody's right. ever gonna be happy. 100. No. No. Like because of the internet, there's so many people. Like it doesn't matter what you watch. It's like NYPD defuses bomb. It's like I could have done it better. Yeah. Uh, I'm in Texas. <laughs> could have done it better. Stupid robot. Yeah. I could have done it myself. Yeah. Oh, I could have <laughs> built something that would have done that. Nobody would have even had to get near it. Yeah. It's just like. All right, bro. Step up to like step up to the plate. You know, yeah. we're waiting for you to come God. through. You know, God, uh, we'll watch. It's like, oh man, eats fifteen pound burger, bro. I could have done twenty. Could have done twenty. Could have done it with my eyes closed. All right, you know, could. It's like, no, no, you could not. Like, do not like. Just because you're on the internet, you're a person. You know, right? Well, don't 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 hate on other people. Just give love, man. It's all about the love. I know. That's it. Well, I love Mexican food. I do too. It's it's honestly probably what gets me up in the morning, other than coffee. It's I don't know why. It's just I could eat that every day. Mexican, mm-hmm. yeah. There's so many options. Uh, absolutely. And so many options. It's like kind of healthy. You, you can know? pretend it's healthy. I'm not sure it actually is. I mean, you could you could you could eat it healthy Little if fun you fact made for the you. effort. If you made the effort and didn't have cheese. There was a constantly. study done and it shows that the people that live the, that the oldest people in the world the only thing that they have in common is the fact that they consume a lot of rice and beans i believe that but but i don't i'm not so sure that that means anything because i think something like 6 billion people eat rice and beans on a daily basis so the, i know yeah, it's like just all the old i think it was yeah, like people from 100 fake to like statistics though that's the correlation does not oh, imply causation, yes, right? Yes. I mean, you can't more than likely, right? I mean, because seriously, if you also did like a survey to see what people ate who live only till they're thirty, chances are the majority of them are going to eat rice and beans daily because most of the world eats rice and beans. Yeah, daily. so it's good. It's just healthy. I guess, yeah, it's kinda. just kind of standard food. I guess it's not six billion. That's also made up statistics. Yeah, but it's a lot. We got a lot of people on this planet. We Too did. many question mark? Yeah, but it's nuts. Did you nuts. did you see the what the Avengers movie? No, don't okay, spoil I it. I won't. I won't. Don't spoil okay, it. Okay, I won't. I didn't. I that's I on my list of things to watch. I won't. Um, I'm actually really pissed because I heard you had to, you had to watch. There was like four or five movies you had to watch before you seen it. Um, so like Doc, um, Doctor Strange was on there. Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Uh, no, Guardians of the Galaxy one two wasn't that important. Um. Yeah, there was just like a slew of movies that you had to watch. And the one damn movie I can't find that I have to pay like an obnoxious amount of money for is Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit $15 for a rental. It's for not one. on Netflix? No. Volume 2 is not one. Netflix watch. is just... You don't have to watch it. Although, you, everybody on the planet should because it's one of the best movies ever. No, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, two was great. So two good. was hysterical. One was better than two. Was it? Absolutely. Uh, I loved it. It was just such a romp. You know, just such a fun That's all you romp need. Romp that What do you think of Deadpool? 
I love Deadpool. I uh, can't wait for the next movie. Oh, uh, Deadpool. What a... I'm, I'm so happy for two things. Deadpool reminds me of my son, so... Oh, yeah? Yeah, In I what regard? Just funny just and comical funny or just and a badass? He's such a wise ass. He's just <laughs> such a... Always got some wise ass thing to say. That's so funny. But a heart of gold. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, uh, yeah. De- Deadpool is just... I'm glad they broke the boundary to make it an R-rated movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything and else would have been stupid. They make it... Like, they break all the rules. It's great. Like... I love people who just don't give a shit anymore. Right. Like, it makes me so... Like, people that are so prim and proper... Like, I had... It's funny, because everybody that comes in here now, I do not let people in suits in this building. <laughs> like, it's just like the rule of thumb. I guess I dressed... Yeah, you dressed perfect. Perfect. My, my May the 4th. Yeah. Oh, that's shirt. right. Yeah. It is May the 4th. Oh, May the it 4th is. be with you. Um, and I had... And uh, and now that I've started the business, I had I had uh, a bank come down here. And, uh, and I knew the guys. And... Uh, and I totally forgot that uh, to tell them like no suits like come in like plain clothes and but they just wear suits every day to work and they walk in it's funny my buddy John in here he comes and he goes what the fuck is this and I go <laughs> he goes you two outside take your goddamn ties off and I was just like you're the man and I'm not gonna argue with him and it was just absolute riot and, and nobody in here like everybody that comes in it's always like oh I had like a suit on like leave the jack in the car take the tie off or like loosen the tie up a little bit like come on we're in a, we're in the safe space all right you know we're gonna we're gonna have a good time we have we had two fridges full of beer we got a bar like it's gonna be okay we're gonna have a good day today good. you know there's no need to get all dressed up and stuff for work that bankers gotta do their thing though it's so sad but if you're looking for a nice title, you always go to the banks. They'll always give you good titles. Such a facade. Yeah. It's all fake. It's all lies. Well, that's what a suit is. It's is a facade. It? You think? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like a pimp in a suit every once in a while. Well, that's a facade too. But here's. So I mean, you gotta sh- you gotta you gotta announce I'm the pimp. So you gotta mm. wear the. P- it's like a costume. Yes. You gotta wear your pimp costume. It kind of is. You know, you gotta wear your banker costume. With with this and in my. In more recent years of life, I've started to, and this sounds terrible, but I've started to equate suits when I put on a suit to partying. Because uh, okay. recently, I you shouldn't say recently. immediately want alcohol and like a cigarette or something? No cigarettes, but alcohol. Okay. Cigars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, oh, we're, gonna, we're doing a cocktail night. You know, you got to dress up. It's like party, party, weddings, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then... RIP to anyone that passes away. Typically, I'm in fire department attire, so mm. it's not, you know, I'm not partying right in that. But it's, you know, oh, suit time. I guess there's some oh, major wait. event going yeah. on, you know, that there's going to be booze and this and that. It's not like I have to go to work yeah, in a suit. The only time I ever wear a skirt is for weddings or yeah, formal affairs like that. I, I'm almost to the point where I don't even like suits for suits at weddings anymore. They look good though. I mean, they do look good. They guys, do. Guys look good in suits. Yeah. Women look good in dresses. I, just, I don't but, know. Like, when but, I get married, if that day ever comes, beach, flip-flops. Did you ever hear how we got married? No. We had you? a surprise wedding. I know I know her husband, by the way. So yeah. anyone who's like, oh, you know, this is strange. Yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had a surprise wedding. We had been together as a couple for like eight years by that point. Uh-huh. We already had a kid by that point. And um, I know we just did. He was like six at the time, you know, okay. or something like that. Yeah. No, or it was even I don't know. I get the years messed up. But we go up to this place in the Adirondacks every summer. It's like an, they have a bed and breakfast and then they have cabins and it's awesome and beautiful on the lake. And then mm-hmm. there's this big green lawn down to the lake, blah, blah, blah. 
we connived and got his mother to come and my best friend and all of our, you know, our closest friends. Yeah. And we had a surprise wedding. We didn't tell, like, the kids. We didn't tell, didn't tell the kids. We didn't tell the kids. Holy. You know, and we. Come back from vacation. Hey, we're married. Well, we they were with us. So they didn't, oh, you know. Okay, so okay. we. I thought you, like, left them at home. No, it was just like, no, 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 see no, you guys no. later. Well, we're going to go get That itch. would be eloping. No. <laughs> we, we had a friend who came to the inn at the same time that we did every year who happened to be a minister. Uh-huh. And I had reached oh, out to her like and that. said, hey, yeah. can you marry us? And she said, sure. But then that week she said, by the way, I can't do it because the diocese in the neighborhood said that since I'm from another district, I can't do it. So what we had to do is we snuck out with his mom. We found a justice of the peace. We went and we got married by the justice of the peace Uh one day. And then on the weekend or whatever day we did it, we had all of our friends just gather together. And we were like, oh, everybody come to the living room at the end now. Mm-hmm. Everybody came to the living room at the end and, oh, by the way, we're getting married. And the minister was there and she did the ceremony again. So we got married twice in one week. That's crazy. Yeah, it was That's awesome. awesome. And everybody was there. And my best friend who had come, <laughs> Chris Brady, she's a chef. She's were like you guys a, all dressed up? Did everyone like We were suits? casual. Like I had, I had like it. a white casual skirt and sandals and Arthur was wearing like khaki shorts and a, like a nice like light blue shirt and that, man. the kids were like in their jammies basically <laughs> like they were just in sh- like to this day you know the younger one complains that you know we didn't even tell him and he didn't get a chance to like put real clothes on uh, or whatever you yeah, know, whatever. people were in their flip flops and that's how you gotta do awesome. it yeah. I'd, I'd, I think I'd, I'm coming to the point where I'd, I'd almost rather hey let's have a ceremony like early in the morning you know and I say early like 11 you know yeah. let's do like 11 to like 11 30 11 15 yeah. let's not make it too long nobody wants to sit through those things and then um you know, let's just hang. Like, let's Absolutely. go to the beach, yeah. put up a tent, ex- and let's hang out for like ten that's hours. That's what we did. Drink from. Let's drink from four in the afternoon till four that's in the morning. Exactly. Chris had made food for us so, and brought it with her, so we had like wedding food and we had wedding brownies instead of cake because there was a mix up with the cake. And we went like canoeing and we hung around. That's and awesome. It was absolutely an awesome day, and we drank and life was good. It was that's sunny. How it, and yeah, that's how it should be. And where, and where was this? Up in the Adirondacks. Oof. It was Beautiful. absolutely gorgeous. Late late summer or early summer? Mid August. Yeah. Bugs. Per- no, nah, it's perfect. They don't get much mosquitoes up there. They do get biting flies sometimes. The biting but flies it was, are the worst. The black flies. Yeah, <gasps> but it's you know you get used to slathering up with bug spray when you leave the house. And it wasn't that it was a dry summer, and I don't know there weren't bugs that time. It's funny you say that. I just watched a, a small Facebook video the other day of. Uh, a to Z, everything that'll kill you, mm. and DEET, and they give the, oh, the yeah. chemical formula for DEET, and I'm like, oh, it's interesting because I know exactly what that is, and it goes on your skin all the time. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, that's all right. A to Z, everything that can kill you. Plenty, anyway, plenty of people lather up with DEET, and they live. Yeah, you know, you know maybe not to hundred. You get you'll 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 die faster from Zika or or. Whatever mosquito yeah. disease you can get today, so it's nuts. Or ticks. It's, it's it's crazy how like we have self-driving cars, but we fi- have not figured out how to kill all the all like viruses and stuff. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't know. But every time we, I feel like every time we conquer one, there's another one that. There's more of them than there are of us. Yeah, yeah. We know more about our soul about our universe than we do about what's under the ocean. It's crazy. That blows my mind blows my mind so much stuff 
and as and and every minute it's like changing the amount of mm-hmm. like I saw a study recently about like the amount of like microplastic that they find like just in a square yard of ocean is just astonishing. Oh, I believe and that it. gets caught in you know there's so many kinds of fish that like eat plankton or whatever and they yep. these microplastics they don't know that they're plastics yep. and I mean there was a recently like a whale that died with <gasps> like 60 pounds of plastic in its stomach <sighs> damn that's crazy yeah. 60 pounds that's a lot of plastic yeah that's crazy yeah. yeah we just you know we just dump that shit in the ocean and hope for the best we gotta figure out something better I know um I know kinda. I go back and forth it's like it's hard I go back and forth with it like I really really want to be really good and conscientious mm-hmm. and recycle everything and stuff but then little things like straws you know like you see videos of sea turtles with straws oh, yeah. stuck up their nose and like oh. then I'm like am I never I guess I should never use straw or, or or you should cut it up but then if you cut it up then you're making like micro it's like yeah then There's that no could winning. blow away like yep. so you never use a straw again so I have converted to these two <laughs> drinking devices uh, yeah and since then, my usage of water bottles, straws, and all that stuff has gone to not quite zero, but I consume probably one water bottle, maybe two a month. Yeah, I don't like using water bottles. I still I struggle with soda, though, because I don't like the big things of soda because they go flat really fast. So. Mm. Mm, that'll do it. But I guess the metal is better than plastic. Easy to recycle, mm. at least. That's crazy. Anyway, what yeah. I really want to cover sure. hey. <laughs> is your new business adventure. Yeah. yeah. And and how it's come to fruition. I guess we before we cover that, we should we should probably let people know how we know each other. Sure, you were um, my student. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Last last year. Was it two years ago? No, last year. Was last, it last year? Yeah, last okay. year at this time. Are you still teaching by the way? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Um every semester I think I don't want to do it again, but every semester I have to commit for like two semesters from now so far ahead of time. Mm. And every time I have to commit, I always want to do it. But then I get into the semester and I'm like, <laughs> is it that bad? It's just the grading the papers. It's really just mm. grading the writing. Mm. Otherwise, I love it. I love the students. I love the projects. I love, yeah. how, you know, the agile stuff. I just don't like the fact that the writing assignment is a part of the class. It doesn't seem like it fits there. Yeah. It's just it's it's funny, too, because when you're in college, um, and I got hit with plagiarism once while I was mm-hmm. in college by a teacher who I was not a fan of in the beginning and then it, I knew it was going to go downhill but um, because she wouldn't help me so I had to refer to the internet and it's funny because now as I've now started my own business and I've worked for somebody else 90% of what you do is stealing other people's shit yes like if not close to 95% right but you have to steal it you have to accredit the, you know give them credit if you can, you know, if you should. Yeah, if you I mean, it yeah. depends on what you're, you know, it depends. But like, you're just, it's crazy because you're just constantly, like, for example, I use a bunch of different softwares, like, right. to do my job. And it's just crazy because it's like, maybe I'm not stealing it. I'm, yes, I'm paying them for it, but it's like, I didn't have to do anything. Like, right. you know, it's, it's just like. But that is different. You're paying them for it. Mm, all you're right, paying them sense. for it. That's, they made it. They put it out there mm. for the purpose of you paying them, and then you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Mm. All right, that makes sense. You know, it's, very different when But when you're a programmer, you're kind of just, it's kind of like a forum of knowledge. Right. And I 
actually just said to somebody today, like, you know, I 95% of what I know I learned from looking at other people's crap and like mm-hmm. revising it. You know, that's how you learn as a programmer or whatever. Yep. You know, you crazy industry. If you're good, you're good at adapting other people's stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but that's different than creative works like art, yeah. you know, and writing and stuff. Like I'm, you know, photographs like that. I kind of get my back up about people stealing, you know. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Because, you, gotta, you can't steal art. Because when somebody's right. putting stuff out there on the Internet, like they've written something or they took a picture or whatever, you know, it's out there for you to enjoy, but if you're going to use it, you should just give them credit. They mm-hmm. don't want money; they just want credit. So yeah. you just give them credit. You know, that's so, all. So, so, so that's that's my like thing with philosophical dive on this. Good. So, and when you're doing a research paper on, let's just say, a person, mm-hmm. there's only so many ways you can write a research paper that's, that's already been done. That's true. A, a million times. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, you have to write a research paper on this on this. Every kid for the last twenty years that you've been teaching has to do has done the exact same project, and right other schools in 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 the United States alone, let alone other countries, and it's all on the internet. Right, but eighty percent of the time, I can tell that you didn't write it before I even look at like the Turnitin results or anything like that, because people write in their own authentic voice. Yes, you should come through mm. if it's not if it doesn't sound like you. It's fake. It's somebody you you copied it from Wikipedia, mm. you know, and, and, and you have no idea how often I'm reading something. I'm like, you didn't write that bullshit, <laughs> you know. And I'll just talk, copy a sentence and put it into Google, and yep, there it is, uh, you know. That, that turn it in didn't even catch, uh, you know. Man. It's just it's about your voice, yeah, you know. That and makes and sense. it's not too fucking hard to just say, you Reward know, shit. or to just say Joe over at PC Mag, you know, yeah. and put a link and say was discussing the differences yeah. between this and that. You just it's okay then. Yeah. As long as you just give them credit. Yeah. You know, and then if you use a phrase that's the same as theirs, yeah, it's there's a very limited amount of ways to say certain yeah. things. So, now I got another question for okay. you. Cuz you're because you're a professor as well. So, what is your thoughts on college giving teaching students the way to think? Well, they shouldn't be doing that. Because thankfully, uh, being in the programming field, you kind of have to force yourself to think outside the box because that's the only way you're going to pass. Right. But being somebody who has graduated with another degree as well, there's definitely a way that they teach you to think which i think is the biggest crippling thing in what college. kind of degree was that uh liberal arts okay but you, you know you have your generic classes of english math but you're so forced in hey this is how to think this is how you're supposed to you know this is how you're supposed to write this is how you know yeah. you're supposed to research this is how you're supposed to do this this is how you're supposed to do this and i think the way that you know there's a difference between guiding and right. telling. Well, I think you may remember from my class that I was always kind of loose on yes. certain things. Yes. Like, you know, I'd say, I don't give a shit exactly how you cite, just cite. cite. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be in this style or that style. I don't care. I just want the information. <laughs> MLA format. I don't care. You know, seriously, I don't care. Just, I just want the information. I understand if you're writing for publication, 
then things should be consistent. That yes. makes complete sense to me. Agreed. But you're writing to convey information to me. Just get the information across. Mm-hmm. You know, when I can't understand what the hell you're saying, that's different. Mm-hmm. You know, but if the information comes across clearly, then then that's fine. But no, I mean, I, I have two kids. One's 31, and one is 17. He'll be okay. 18 in a month and a half. Um, so he is searching for colleges this year. Okay. So that was like what absorbed us for the entire frigging year. And one of the colleges that he looked at that I He's have, not going to go to Farmingdale? No, he's not going to go to Farmingdale. What? He wa- I want him out of the house. Oh, all right. It's really, <laughs> I want him out of the house. It's important for people uh-huh. to experience taking Especially care if you've never of had anything like that. Right. He's gone to summer camp and he's very good at being on his own he goes he's gone to iceland and you know he's gone on trips and summer camp for a month at a time and stuff like that so he's good at being at home but he's not he hasn't had to completely take care of himself Mm. yet and that's people need to take care of themselves they need to figure figure out out their own money and figure out what they're eating and figuring out how to get themselves out of bed in the morning and all that crap that you don't even really realize your parents are helping you do until they're not doing it for you anymore. So I had some help getting out of bed this morning. It depends on your parents too, you nope. know. Guy with the chainsaw next door. Well that yeah, well that's that's Long Island, right? Oh, I mean God. that's Slicing nice that tree, weather like, in Long Island. What are you Island. doing? It's nine AM. Go to back to bed. It's the sound of warm weather in Long Island. But yeah, so this one college that we looked at that I fell in love with, and he did not fall in love with, and I'm like, fine, I'll go. You, know, you can stay home. Yeah, it's, it's called Hampshire College. It's up okay. in Massachusetts. It's okay. in Amherst, Massachusetts. And actually was the first college ever, it was founded as an alternative education program. Okay. And it was founded by this consortium of colleges in Amherst, including Amherst College and like UMass Amherst and mm. a bunch of other really, really good schools. But it's, they have no majors. They have no gen ed, none at all. Mm. They have, you know, your first year you have, you have to take courses in like five out of seven different areas. You just have to take a broad range of courses. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing specified. You just have to take a broad range of courses. Mm-hmm. You have a faculty advisor who you work with really closely to pick courses that you mm-hmm. think would like. And then in the second, third year, you know, you have to start working on like a project, you know, and every, all the classes are project based. Okay. Every class is pro- you're doing a project. Gotcha. So there's no, you know, and it like you were saying, like it's not about this is exactly what you need to think or this is exactly how you need to learn. I mean, d- and by the time they're done in their the end of their fourth year, they've done work that's better than a lot of PhD students do mm. for their dissertation. Yeah. But it can be all kinds of things. Like one student that was talking to us made a diff an alternative kind of bicycle that's easier, wow. you know, that's easier for people, you know, who are handicapped. But it, what it wound up turning into is not only this you know bike for people who are handicapped but he found a different way to like gear a bike that's like far more efficient than the normal way to to gear a bike so now he he's making bikes that you can go like much faster with less force or whatever like you know it has all kinds of applications Mm -hmm. and he's you know he's like 19 you know 20 he's not even a senior yeah that's good so they have you know and then this school and they also don't have grades Mm. every you get evaluated by your teachers like a, a written 
personal one-on-one evaluation of how you've done. Mm. And this this school, and they also don't take SAT scores or any of those. Mm-hmm. You know, they refuse to participate in like the rankings and stuff with like with U.S. News. Like they can't participate because since they don't certain things they don't comply with, mm-hmm. they won't rank them. Mm. You know. And they said that they found that the quality of the students has gone up since they stopped. You know, the, the number of applicants has gone down, but the quality has gone up. Yeah, that's no, that's great. And th- this, they have among the highest number of students that go on to graduate school of, you know, all colleges in the country because they learn how to learn. Mm-hmm. They figure out for themselves what it is that drives them yeah. and how they like to learn and what they want to do. You know, mm, and how smart. to apply it, you know. Smart. So when you're asking about, like, should colleges teach you their way to do things, I don't think they should. I think that colleges should help you learn how to learn mm-hmm. so that you can then figure out how you want to think, mm. you know. I think that one of the goals of colleges should be to expose you to a broad range of things that you wouldn't normally be exposed to, you know. I think that... It's you should step out of your box, you know, and try shit on that you wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know. But so I think in that sense, sometimes you should be forced to take, a, you know, like I had to take a when I went to SUNY Old Westbury, I had to take a. I can't even remember what gen ed requirement it filled, but it wound up taking African Amer- history of African American mass media. Not a class I ever would have picked on my own, but it was fascinating. Mm. It was really, really yeah. cool. I learned a lot. I had a good experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. opened my eyes. The, yeah. The one thing I don't like about college is you're, you're kind of forced to take stuff that you know, you just don't care about. Like, I have no interest in learning history. Especially, well, that's false. I have plenty of an interest in learning history, not in the classroom environment. I totally agree. With Feed that. me documentaries all day long. I'll, as long as they're semi entertaining, I will crush them. But put me in front of a teacher who's teaching history, and you can definitely tell that they're there just for a paycheck. Oh, my God. I'd rather kill myself. History was absolutely my least favorite course all the way through high school and college and even into grad school when I had to take, like, the history of psychology. Mm -hmm. I just, oh, and that was torture because it was in a room with these beautiful big windows, and it was, like, a summer course, Uh. and it was torture. I would just sit there gazing out the windows and falling asleep. Like Jesus fucking Christ! I can just read this book <laughs> and come back and you take this test. Okay, curse. I can read the book and I can take this fucking test and and get an A. I don't need to sit in this classroom and <laughs> listen to this old person recite the book. Yep. Like I can read the book. <laughs> I process information better from reading than I do from listening. Yeah. Anyway, so that's so. Fu- I had a teacher. Oh I, had a, I had a chemistry teacher, and he told us that we needed to recreate the sun. Because the sun's going to burn out one day. All right. And that was his biggest fear. It's a challenge. And I was like, look, dude, you might be on to something, but we're not close enough yet. Like, we're still too far off. Like, that's a good goal. Like, everybody wants lightsabers, Mm -hmm. but we're not there yet, man. Just, Mm. you're like a little ahead of your time, and you sound a little crazy. Yeah. Just, uh. Might want a mental health check. Yeah, step back a little bit. Um. But Maybe he was just trying to inspire you to think bigger. <sighs> nope. No, didn't, nope. Just nuts. No, no. Okay. Cheated so hard in that class. Yeah. Yeah, didn't learn anything. That was one of the few classes I could say <laughs> I 
successfully walked in and walked out with gaining zero knowledge. I can honestly say I've never cheated. And it's not from like wow. a holier than thou kind of thing. It's just that it's just not in my nature. It's just, mm-hmm. I'd rather fail. I'd rather take the F than cheat. I just. He didn't teach anything though. Well, so man, he like yeah, gave tests right. and yeah. it was like. Hey, here's your test. Um, good luck to you guys. Yeah. And, and I would just fail. I mean, I failed plenty of classes in my day. But I didn't go. I used to have a problem with skipping classes. That was my that was my big problem. Skipping? Skipping classes. Mm. It started as a bad habit in high school, and it continued. <laughs> Never stopped. It did. Until, I mean, it, the first time I, I... So this is like where my crooked path to success comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So... I graduated young from high school. I was 16. Oh, wow. And um, I did not, and I had, and I didn't graduate with my class. Mm-hmm. So I'd skipped a grade. I'd skipped third grade. So wow. I'm a smarty pants. Um, <laughs> but then pants. in high school, after the first couple of years, with that teacher who I mentioned who we're going to be honoring, um, mm-hmm. after I stopped having him for a teacher and I went back into like normal school, I hated it. And I started skipping classes and pretty much, mm. and they would send the skip notices home for my mother's signature and she was working. So I would just get them in the mail and forge her signature and send them back. Oh you know? my God. So I did that awesome. for all the way through like 12th grade. I didn't get called on it really until the second half of 12th grade. I finally really got caught and then I got like suspended for a few days and stuff. And then I wound <laughs> I up. I love that. Skipped all these days. What are we going to do? You can't, I know, you right? can't come you, to school. Gee, you got to go home. Oh my God. This is what I love about school. It's so ridiculous. And then, so I didn't graduate with my class <laughs> because I had skipped gym class too much and you had to have mm. three and a half years or three and three quarters years and I didn't I I had one semester short and Uh. I had taken like I hated gym class so much and I had taken like CPR and first aid like three times and I just (laughs) I just so I didn't go one whole semester and I got an F so I I couldn't graduate with my class and they didn't tell me until the right like the last minute so they wouldn't even let me walk Uh. with my class in the graduation ceremony I had to take summer school I, it took six days of summer school for me to complete the gym class and, and graduate. Oh my and for that, God. they wouldn't let me walk with my class in the, in the graduation ceremony. So anyway, so I was 16 when I graduated and I didn't want to go to like a big college like I was supposed to, you know, go to some big college. And I mm-hmm. did not want to stay home. Mm-hmm. So my uncle had moved to the Cayman Islands. So he was living in Grand Cayman. And there was a little American business college down there, which was the um, International College of the Cayman Islands. So I went to college there. So funnel money. uh, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I was studying bookkeeping and accounting. Um, My (laughs) uncle was down there because he had um, been running a bingo hall, a series of bingo halls in Oklahoma City. Uh. And he had and. At his boss's direction, he had funneled lots of money from the bingo halls um, and didn't pay taxes because they said it was a charitable organization, though it wasn't. Uh, and he had what? lots of money. And so he retired down there and you know bought a house down there and had various adventures down there. But he actually eventually went to federal prison for the tax evasion. And he was told that if he would come back to the U.S. and testify against his boss... Um, they would 
you know, make sure he wouldn't have prison time. And he also agreed to come so his wife wouldn't get indicted because his wife had been his bookkeeper and they were going to arrest her. So he went, turned himself in, and they decided not to prosecute his boss because his boss had paid off some big time politicians. So his boss never got prosecuted. And he went to federal prison for a year. And he sewed mailbags and he got in great shape. He lost weight. Like like when he came out of there. Prison does things to you. It was, he, no, it was, it was federal. It was the nicest prison in the world. Like Uh, it was just not uh, prison. It wasn't like Orange is the New Black. (laughs) It was, you know, club fed as they call it. It was very, very nice. They, you know, but anyway, I digress. So I went to college but i kind of skipped three years of classes and i was getting d's and f's and stuff for skipping because i was having too much fun i was hanging out at pedro's castle which was a bar and i wound up getting married to a caymanian and having my son about a year and a half after that and then getting divorced about two and a half years after that and coming back here so that's crazy you have no idea Crazy. You have no idea. Oh, that's just the beginning, dude. Back in the day. Oh yeah, and then my the, so then I moved back here. Well, we moved here together because he actually started doing crack. This was back when crack was big, mm. and I was this innocent little girl from Connecticut who did not know anything about crack. Like you know, <laughs> you know, it's good. Honestly, it's crack good. was not on my <laughs> to do list. Hori- no, <laughs> it wasn't something. You know, I. A lot of people smoke pot, but crack was just like a different yeah. s- sphere altogether. Anyway, so he was doing crack. Moved back here hoping that he would... My mother had moved here while I was there. I grew up in Connecticut. So hoping he would get off of it. But nobody gets off crack, you yeah. know. And it's it's amazing. Like, we're here for 15 minutes. This is not his country. He doesn't know anybody here. Somehow, within like a day of being here, he met neighbors who do crack. Like he made crack buddies, like immediately. Like I, if I went out into the middle of the street and was like, "Oh, I want to buy some crack," like nobody. I, but somehow they find each other. It's just it's just I, the laws of attraction. I don't understand how thing. that works. I honestly, we we I went to Norway and I we found drugs immediately. It's, like immediately, it was yeah. just power of the internet. Now you find well, that's chi- different. You find chicks on. Bumble or Tinder in another country and you just say, hey, where's the red light district? And they're like, oh, it's right here. And you go there. And Well, that's different. This was like in New Hyde Park and it was like neighbors on the block in this respectable block. And somehow he finds the one couple that does crack. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Anyway, he was only here for three months and then I kicked him out and Uh. sent him back to Cayman. And then he showed up a month later in the middle of the night and beat me up and took my kid. He kidnapped him, took him back to Cayman. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He was two and a half. And it took six months to get him back. I had to go through. I had to get like the State Department involved. I had congressmen, like all kinds of crap to try to get help from down there. Finally got. A judge, you know, who was sympathetic and, you know, finally, it took six months to to get it resolved. But because we weren't divorced, we weren't legally, mm-hmm. you know, separated yet. Or it had just been a month. Like, I yeah. didn't even think about it, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. And I was young, you know. I was young and stupid. And it just didn't ever occur to me that somebody would do something like that. I guess I was people naive. Are, people are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he was crazy. So, yeah. So, he kidnapped him. God damn, that's so far away from our college. <laughs> I know, but 
Anyway, when there. I got him back, yeah. then I had to get serious about life because uh, then I'm here in Long Island and I like, I didn't have a college degree at that time and couldn't make a lot of money mm. and I had I was a single mom living in my parents who didn't mm. really want me there and it was like, oh shit, now I got to get serious about life. So I actually took this personal growth seminar. My mother had sent me to it and I thought it was- Tony s- Robbins? No, it's uh, called Insight. Um, it's great. I mean, I love it. Um, but at the time, I thought it was complete and other bullshit. My mother had gotten remarried to this guy I didn't even know at all because like, she married him while I was in Cayman. Okay. And she had been like this waspy, straight-up, conservative Connecticut mom, you know. <laughs> And I come home and there's like a Buddha on top of the TV and like these like, oh my God. And she's like, oh, I made your favorite food, honey. And it's like, instead of Kraft mac and cheese, it was like some crappy, like all organic mac and cheese. And I'm like, it's like, you know, like who are you? Where's my mother? You know? And they wanted me to go to this stupid insight thing. I'm like, this is horrible. So they paid and I didn't go. And um, that well, yeah. seems to be consistent. I know. I mean, I was. It was very consistent. And then, <laughs> then I got to like a low point because, like, you know, I had my son back, and I didn't have a job, and I had nothing going for me. Like nothing. Here I am. You know, sing. My mom had even said, like, while he was kidnapped, like, "Are you sure you want him back?" Like, which was devastating for yeah. me. I was so mad at her for even asking the question. But in retrospect, yeah. It was not many people have that choice, you know, to actually say, yeah, I do want him. You know, I do. You know, given all even though I was 22 at the time, you know, I was a baby. Given given all the stuff that was going on, I wanted him back, Mm -hmm. you know. So I got him back and, you know, she paid for me to go to the seminar. Actually, they let they didn't make her pay the second time. They kept the money that she paid the first time and they let me use it another time. So I finally went to the stupid seminar. It was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. It completely changed, completely changed my attitude about myself and everything. And I went from that, it was like in October or November or something. And then I re-registered in college and I started college again, you know, in January, like right after that. And then I had about 18 months of college to finish my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I was taking five or six classes a semester as a single mom, also working part time. And I was I got straight A's. I got one A minus in all that time. Like I something clicked and I turned it on and I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to excel. Like, <laughs> no crazy. more. No more bullshit. And after that, I was on fire, you know, and it something flipped, some switch flipped. That had never been there before, like from eighth grade all the way through that point, you know, more than 10 years. I just, I don't know if it was. Absolutely. And and who knows, you know, you grow out of, you get out of adolescence, things change. You know, I see, I've seen it with both of my kids sometimes, Mm -hmm. but that apathy just went away, you know, and I was on fire. And I've been like that ever since. You know, I've just, been on fire so I got my degree I got then I got I went to go get a degree in psychology got a master's in psychology I mm-hmm. was getting a PhD in psychology but and I got all the way through to the dissertation phase when I realized I did not want to be a psychologist and I was working as a psychologist I had worked uh, I had done my full year internship yeah. at Connecticut Valley Hospital and I was working at a private practice and I was like this isn't what I want to do 
but it wasn't i mean it's and i quit but and it sounds like why would you quit at that point but i really at that point felt like i had accomplished everything i needed to accomplish i felt mm. really good about what i'd done i felt good about what i had learned yeah you know and where i was and who i was and i just didn't feel like uh, that degree would make any difference, you mm. know, and to torture myself and be poor, yeah. you know, for another year or two or five or 10 to finish the dissertation just didn't seem like yeah. it made any sense at that point. So that was when, you know, I actually was, I had really had started like a love affair with computers up to that point. So even mm. though I was in psychology, during my internships, I'd been like, I loved statistics. That was mm -hmm. one class I absolutely loved all the way through. And I loved working with the databases, with the computers to do the statistics. I just mm -hmm. found it fascinating. And I was a gamer. I'd always been, so I loved arcades when mm -hmm. I was younger. And then, you know, with my son, I had, you know, Nintendo and like I, I had Atari back in the day. I mm -hmm. actually had Pong. I had the original Pong with the switch just between the, you know, you had like three different things yeah. that you could play. Like, you know, so I'd always been a gamer. So like That's crazy. just, you know, having, you know, I had to have a computer to get through the bachelor's degree. I had my mom's old computer first with the, with the Amber CRT monitor, you mm -hmm. know, and that one that computer died in the middle of me finishing my senior thesis, which was a 35-page paper on the biological etiology of autistic disorder. And, the, and I had not taken any notes on paper because I was so into the computer. It was on the computer, and of course I didn't have it backed up. Died, and it was a Saturday it died. The paper was due Monday morning. I had to go out and buy a computer like I had no money you know so I like went to Sears and like opened up a charge card and like had like $300 credit on one and the Sears would give me seven and I was able to buy a computer you know it was this horrible old like all in one big box computer yeah. you know with the monitor <laughs> in the box but I just was in love with it and then after that my first computer you know putting in a, a CD-ROM drive for the first time like because yeah. it didn't have one like, yeah. you know and then upgrading the video card like all of those things were so <laughs> exciting like to go into the guts of this thing yeah and that i could do this you know that i could <laughs> take this piece out and put this piece in and it was better like it was amazing to yeah. me it just felt like doing brain surgery or something yeah like, absolutely fell in love with every aspect of it from like from the hardware to the software, to using it, to playing with it. I was just in love with computers. So That's so funny. So I, you know, my first job then, my mother had actually been offered a job as a technical recruiter. Okay. And it sounded fascinating. I'm like, it's so cool. It'd be like being a matchmaker, but you're like all these tech jobs, like you learn all about tech, yeah. you know? And given that I didn't know much about that industry, mm -hmm. I was fascinated by the job. So. Yeah. She turned it down, so I went and I called the woman up and I said, hey, you wanted to hire my mom, and she turned it down, why don't you hire me instead? And she actually did. Crazy. I guess she figured it was ballsy of me to, yeah. to do that, you know, and, as, and you know, with the degree and the background in psychology, it yeah. was, you know, the matchmaker aspect of it was a good fit, and yeah. I, did. I learned so much about tech and what jobs were big and, mm -hmm. you know, but I would see these consultants back then, and we're talking, we're talking mid 90s 
and you know people were getting paid like 150 dollars an hour to do oracle work and stuff and i'm like holy shit like yeah, that's real money are you kidding me i'm struggling to make forty five thousand dollars a year at that point you know like yeah. Yeah. as a psychologist as a psychologist mm-hmm. i was getting twenty nine thousand dollars a year it was less than i had been making as a secretary like before i went back to school nuts yeah just nuts you know so i i worked for that woman for a while and then i got another couple of jobs and i've always been good very good at at people say do you know how to do this and i'll be like well i can learn you know like i don't but i will you know so i'm pretty good at moving my way up and then taking it on and you know excelling at it so i wound up working at this company in the city as a recruiter initially i was on the site um at movie phone you know the company movie phone yes yeah, yeah. you know i was their their recruiter okay. um, but it was through this other company um and then wound up doing it like half time and i convinced them that they needed a technical support person so i did tech support for the employment agency and then they had a contract for Microsoft Access Development, and they were having a hard time filling it. And they asked me, they said, you know a little bit about Access. I'm like, yeah, I know a little bit. And they're like, well, would you take the test and just tell us if it's too hard? Because we have all these uh, developers with experience who are taking it and they're failing. Mm. So I took it and I passed it. Mm. So they sent me as the consultant, and it was <laughs> it was crazy. It was half time. And luckily, and this was back before the internet was big. So, And I had no idea what I was doing. I really didn't. So, But this place was so nice and they were so tolerant. And I would have this big stack of like 10 books. You know, remember those yeah. big tech books that were like a thousand pages, like piled up on both sides of my desk and opening the books up to have yeah. to look stuff up and shit. And they just, you know, but... But after a year of working, I created a invoicing and inventory control system for them in Access. As of like three years ago, they were still using it. I would still get calls from them 20 years later saying, hey, can you change our invoice? (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Nuts. Holy shit. I mean, I thought it was just such a piece of crap work I'd done because I really didn't know what I was doing. I was like, you can't, but... It worked. It worked. Yeah. It did exactly what they needed. It was custom made for them. And it just was the beginning of like my love affair with the fact that I can make things, you know, and yeah. I can do things. On a computer. Yeah. Yeah. Computers are the way the way of the world now. Well, it's so cool because you can use all parts of your brain. You know, you can use your analytical part. You, you know, I love troubleshooting and problem solving. I love the act of creation. Mm-hmm. I love making things pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm doing now, I do Burst um, development. Burst, which nobody has probably ever heard of. Burst is a cloud-based data warehousing and analytics platform. Mm-hmm. So with Burst, you can reach out to all the data and all the different parts of your company. You know, It doesn't matter really where it is, whether it's in this system or that system or around the cloud and Salesforce or behind your firewall and some old, you know, old stuff. DB2 system or whatever, all the different systems, it can grab all the data, it brings it together and really easily creates a really good data warehouse that you can report off of. So you mm. can bring everything together. It's so much. I used Have you heard the term data lake? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a relational data warehouse. Like it's a it's a star schema data warehouse. Okay. 
Um, so it's not like a data lake. I mean, generally a data lake is more um, unformed data. Okay. You know, um, whereas this is form formatted, but it's optimized for fast reporting. You, I mean, it and for bringing things together and then bring it all together and then it also has the tools to create the reports and you know all different kinds of charts and graphs and then bring it all together in a dashboard and add filters and drill and this that and the other thing Mm -hmm. so you know i love the analytical part of bringing all the data together and making it behave and work well with each other and troubleshooting that and then I get to make things look pretty, you know, make charts and graphs and make them cool colors and make them all work together. And it, I think it satisfies the different parts of my brain mm. that a lot of other work doesn't. just doesn't. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. And you do a lot of stuff with agile too and scrum, right? Yeah. I started talk about agile and scrum. Cause yeah. people are going to hear that and be like, what on earth are they talking about? So I, I, I learned about agile like 10 years ago and it's really, you know, like for anybody who has, ADD or whatever, like it, it, it can change your life. Um, Agile is a, it's a project methodology. It's a framework. It doesn't exactly say, oh, this is exactly how you have to do it, but it gives you like a structure for organizing yourself whenever you need to do anything. Mm -hmm. And essentially that you break things down into very small pieces. So if you're doing development, say something that can be done within two weeks, Mm-hmm. And by done, you mean done, done. So you can figure out what needs to happen, design it, figure out how it needs to look, develop it, check to make sure it's working right, have somebody else check the quality and put it into production in two weeks. So, you know, some people do three weeks or four weeks. Some people do one, you know, but no. the point is, is to just break off small pieces, mm-hmm. you know, figure out how much how many of these small pieces you can do in a two-week span say and just organize yourself around those two weeks and just get the two weeks done Mm -hmm. and by doing it a small piece at a time and at the end of the two weeks you can take a look at what's been built and you can decide you know is that exactly what you know you think about it like if you're dealing with customers quite often first of all people don't always know what they want it's not Mm -hmm. their fault they just if if something like BI, business intelligence and analytics, if they're if they're not extremely comfortable using it, if they haven't done a lot with it before, it's very hard for them to know what to tell me that they want. Yeah. They know their business. Mm-hmm. They know they know the kind of information that they're trying to get out of the system, but it can be very hard for them to tell me exactly what to do. Yeah. So I do a first stab at it and I show them to, it to them and they say, Oh, that's great, except that should be like this and you know we forgot that we needed to include taxes and you know we need to negate that one or whatever so then okay so that's the next chunk of work for the next two weeks and every two weeks something is getting better that's opposed to the old way which was you spend like a month at the beginning getting all the requirements documenting everything going Mm -hmm. back and forth like showing them the documentation they sign off on it saying yes that's exactly what i want and then you spend 18 months building it. And in those 18 months, first of all, they didn't know what they wanted in the first place. So yeah. when you build it, it isn't what they wanted. Second of all, their business has completely changed. Yeah. So what you're giving them is no longer irrelevant, even yeah. if it was exactly what they said they wanted. Yeah. it's With with the internet and everything like that, business moves so it fast. Moves, it's, yeah. 
ridiculous. It moves too fast. So you so rather than pretend that you can define something and then it'll be done yeah. completely and oh it's finished. I'm you know instead acknowledge it, nothing's ever done. It's always in a state of flux. So let's figure out what's the best way to get you to the minimum set of things that you really need as quickly as we can so that you can start using this and start working with it and we can iterate to make it better and better and better. Mm -hmm. And then there may be a point where you decide, okay, that's good enough, mm -hmm. you know, and then we'll call it done, you know, but don't decide in the beginning what that yeah. point is, you know, yeah. you can decide what the, what they call the MVP, the minimum viable product. Like what is the set of things you have to have? Yeah. But exactly how each one of those things is done, you shouldn't be specifying all of that in the beginning yeah. because it changes too fast. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost a methodology that has to, you know, I, t I tell people about, oh, you know, we should probably use an agile kind of methodology behind this people look at me like i got 12 heads and i'm like no you know let's look at it let's i'll execute the project and let's revisit it again in two hey. weeks and then see you know because there's never a almost nothing in this world now it's just hey this is exactly the path i need to go absolutely um it and everything just changes too fast people like think i'm said. crazy i'm like no because everything's there's so many moving parts of everything and there's just something inherent in any kind of programming any kind of work with the computer any kind of creative work that mm -hmm. as you're going along you think of better things mm -hmm. you think of a better way to do it you know things turn out to be a little bit different than they described them the data is not exactly how they said it was going to be or some cool technology pops up and you're like shit i didn't know about this yeah. you know and that so you're going to ignore all that information and just stick to the original plan? Why would you do that? Yeah. You know, as long as you're always moving towards what is needed by them to to have the product they need, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't you don't want to get stuck like some people think that with agile that you are just stuck almost like masturbating, you know, that you get stuck in like a cycle of just like not actually doing anything productive but just having fun this. you know i love this <laughs> but it's the relation you know you don't want to do that you want to keep moving forward yeah. you know being effective yeah, yeah. but it, it you know it works for organizing your life too everything absolutely everything if you if people can take that principle and apply it to everything like people are so like i have to do this for this amount of time and it has to be done like this and i'm like What's oh my the god point? what the fuck are you doing right. there is why like i'm i'm almost on this i'm kind of on board with the you don't really need college a hundred percent anymore you know there's definitely people that need college but there's a lot of people you know if you want to be a programmer you could teach yourself like 99.9 percent .9 of everything you some need. people can yes yes some people can that's yeah. why you still need college right but like there, like if you want to do something, there's so much information out there, and shit's always changing. Rules are changing, regulations are changing, laws are changing, business is changing, no. demands mm -hmm. are always changing, and it's just like, oh, this is. I hate when people say, oh, this is how it's been done, and this is how it's always been done. Yeah, and it's like, why has nobody questioned the system of? You know, hey, if you have actually tested everything and this is the optimal way for doing it, great. Right, but that's but for today. So many. Because something could change tomorrow. Yes. Right. It's mind blowing. 
mind-blowing how many people are stuck in like the old mentality of like this is how it's been done or oh i've worked for this company for 50 years now or 40 years now it's like companies don't give a fuck about people anymore no it's so sad like even google facebook you know oh it's a great work environment that shit is cutthroat as hell and they scoop you in to incorporate your life around the company basically you know they're very they know exactly what they're doing oh yeah they're smart and if Mm -hmm. people don't catch on you're an idiot you know but it's just like we live in a world now where it's like, oh, you. I have before I left my old company, I had people reaching out to me on a daily basis saying, hey, I want to I want to hire. I didn't even have my recruiter thing on. And people were like, hey, I think you're a good fit for this company. Would you entertain a five minute phone call? I mean, that's the thing that I think is astonishing when people are like, oh, you know, unemployment, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I know that there's unemployment in a lot of sectors, but mm-hmm. if not in our sector, not in oh. computers, hell no. I mean, if you if you have. There's unemployment in industries that fail to innovate. Right. And people who fail to innovate can be yep. unemployed in any industry. Yes. Look Everybody at- I've ever known in, a, in in tech who has a long period of unemployment, mm-hmm. when I get to know them, there's usually a reason why. You what know, is the typical reason? That they don't innovate, that they uh, don't, cha- yes. that they won't change their resume, that they won't change their approach, that they won't change how they're talking to people, that they, they're they not willing to do a freelance assignment, do charity work for free, you know, like just get out there and do. And if you do, if you're moving, if you're doing, mm-hmm. you get momentum, you'll get a job. Yep. It's, it's like running a race. If you run the race... If you're the fastest person out there, you're going to have to be the ser- most serious innovator. You're a top dog. You're Elon Musk. You mm-hmm. are Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You're Mark Zuckerberg. But if you're not sprinting, I mean balls out sprinting to get the head of the pack, you're going to line up with other individuals that are running as fast as you are, and those are the people that you're going to work with. Right. But if you suck and you're just like, nah, fuck this, you're going to just end at the start at the finish line. Right. You're just going to hang out with all those people that just failed to innovate. See, I'm the one who's running along in the pack and I look over there and I see there's a path over there mm. and nobody's taking it. And everybody's going this way. But that this one goes uphill mm-hmm. and that one looks like it's going down it. So why yeah. should I, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to keep running uphill. I'm going to go over there. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's bumps and sticks and, you, you figure know. figure that shit out. FSO, figure shit out, man. Yeah. And then at least I'll be, I won't have to be bumping elbows with all the hoi polloi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hoi polloi. Uh, yeah, it's, the the big topic on the internet right now is, is uh or was, Toys R Us. Yeah. And people are like, I can't believe, you millennials fucking ruining ruining Toys R Us and you're the reason why Toys was... R Us has sucked for so long oh, it's for so long I despised going into Toys R, Toys R Us everything's overpriced <sighs> the quality of the toy that you're getting is absolute shit 90% of the time lastly I remember being a kid going into Toys R Us when they first started carrying video games and as a kid I saw the whole place a ghost town, except for the video game section. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, who steamrolls them? Fucking GameStop. A, a, a ghost town, and the whole other 99% of the store would be in disarray. 
you know, and junky yeah, like and stuff TJ all over Maxx. the place. Right. It's fucking shit's everywhere. Nobody I mean, ever worked there. Everybody likes TJ Maxx because that shit's dirt cheap. But, God, like, toy, come on, Toys R Us. And, and I got to tell you, here's up on my soapbox, okay? As a mom of sons, mm. when I would walk in there and there would be the pink section mm-hmm. and then the action section, it pissed me off. What is that? Because I, I, when I was a kid, toys were not as gender separated. You know, mm-hmm. toys were fucking toys. You just played. Yeah. You know, who gives a shit? Like, I had Legos. I had blocks. It, Legos. They were just toys. Super underrated toy. Legos, I think probably the best toy out there. But now, at, well, they're getting better. But when my sons were younger, there were, Legos were for boys. Yes. You know, there was the boys section. And in the boys section, you had the action figures and you had... So you say you want you just want them all to be scattered just, throughout. Yeah, and I and I want I don't see why the easy bake oven should be pink. Makes because sense. only girls want pink things and only girls then want the easy bake. My kid wanted an easy bake oven when he was like 5. Mm-hmm. But he'd already been taught by preschool that if it was pink, he wasn't supposed to want it. Now, do you think that's a bad thing or do you think it's because I'm now I'm curious. I'm now we're getting now we're getting my wheels turning here. Because so I'm we're in this weird stage where everybody thinks or everybody wants like this whole not so much gender neutrality, but it's just like hey, who gives a shit what toy they play or what color they pick, whatever it is. But do you think not defining masculinity and and feminine? I don't think items. I don't think that masculinity and femininity should be should be decided by toy manufacturers and retailers. Mm, okay. I think that that should be decided in you know maybe your families or your communities or just in, within yourself and yeah. who you are. I I think that it should be something that look. I had two boys. Mm-hmm. I growing up, I only had a sister. Right. So when I had boys and I was a single mom, I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? You know? <laughs> I hated sports. Like yeah. I, I did the baseball thing with him. I did all that stuff. But, I, you know, and I was also a child of the 70s. Right. Yeah. So, you know, growing up for me is when the whole gender neutrality stuff started. And I was not going to raise a son who only played with guns and only played with, you know, so mm. I was going to like let him have Barbies if he wanted them. He never wanted Barbies. Like, yeah. you know, it didn't matter. Yeah, that you know, makes sense. it didn't matter. It wasn't something I imposed on him. It wasn't some idea that came down to him from his father. What he didn't want them. He wanted yeah. what he wanted. He wanted bulldozers. You know, yeah. like that's what he liked. Mm-hmm. You know, so to and he wanted to play with guns. I wouldn't let him have toy guns. I still I don't like toy guns. But he was a boy, so he would pick up a stick and it would be a toy gun. So I'd be like, okay, be creative. Use your stick as a toy gun. I'm not giving you something that looks like a gun. Yeah. You know, you should just be able to... When I was a kid, like I said, I had blocks. I also had an awesome trunk full of dress-up clothes from my grandmother when she was... Like back in the (laughs) 1920s, literally silk dresses from the flapper era yeah they were fabulous you know (laughs) and i had like a best friend when i was seven in second grade who was a boy and he Mm. would come over and we would play in blocks and legos and we'd play dress up together like Mm. 
I don't know what he turned out to be. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. But yeah. who wouldn't want to put on an amazing silk outfit? It doesn't mean you're going to grow up to be a cross dresser or that you're yeah. gay or anything like that. Silk feels awesome. Yeah. You know, as a kid, you're a little kid. It just feels good. It's yeah. cool. It had little fringes on it and stuff. It just <laughs> felt good. You know, why should somebody not be allowed to experience that just because they're a boy? I don't, yeah. You know, so to me... I don't like marketing things to boys and girls. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with boys being boys and girls being girls. But I don't think the toy company should be choosing for you what it mm. is that you're going to want to like. Why can't they just put things in primary colors like they used to? And just, it's okay to make Barbie well, we dolls. Li we live in a world of extremes now. Right. You know? I, I don't understand why there has to be such a strong dichotomy. And that was the thing about Toys R Us that I hated. Honestly, mm. I'd go in there and it would be like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Like, there's nothing in between. There yeah. was, you know, the only things that were in between were the educational toys. You know, yeah. they were the only ones who made any effort. Then you could get a cool toy dinosaur and it didn't matter who it was for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's kind of wild. And, it, and it's just, it's crazy to see this, these jumps of like, of extremes, you know, people, people, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, why do I need the fastest car on the road? Well, if you have the money for it, why the fuck not? Right. You know, why does it need to go 200 miles an hour? You know, we're constantly pushing the boundaries of everything. You know, yeah. you have shows that are literally dedicated to superfoods. Yeah. 15 pound burgers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a real thing. You know, a four pound burrito, mm -hmm. you know, we and it's it's just this constant not even so much a constant appeal to people, but it's instant gratuity and it's bigger, faster, stronger, everything. I was, everything. I was reading this interesting kind of blog post the other day and it was about a car show. Uh -huh. I don't know why I was reading this blog post. Um, I just do that sometimes. I'm not interested in car shows. I'm not that into cars, but it caught my eye. And yeah, they were uh, talking about how there's this read. new car show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the name of it. But the person, yes, I know exactly what show you're talking about. But the person who was, and it was on a car blog, like uh. you know, and they were talking about, they were saying how the show was creating this artificial competition between people at, who go to these car shows. Like mm. it's like the fastest or the best or something like that. Like mm. and 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 setting them up to talk dirt about each other. And and yeah. and the blog was complaining that like. There's a little bit of friendly, you know, yeah. dirt talking, but mostly when people go to these car shows, they're excited to see, to show off what they have, but also to see what other people have. Like, yeah. and they're all excited for each other. Yeah. And, you know, somebody else having something that's cool doesn't mean that what you have isn't cool, you yes. know? Whereas, and they were complaining that the show is setting up this, the best. You know, like there can be only one, like it's Outlander, you know, like, yeah. you know, and that's not, there can be lots of bests, yeah. you know. You know, as long as you like it, who the hell cares right. what anybody else? They thinks. just didn't like that it felt artificial. That they were creating this, you know, reality and, TV, and is that the if worst. you were not a car person and you were watching this, thinking that this is the way it goes at car shows, it would be giving an, a false impression of the car world. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting. You know, oh, that is very interesting. Knowing nothing about the car world, but yeah, that's. I don't, you know, but I guess it sells more TV to have that dichotomy and that that pressure to. It's all about ramming know, things down your throat of being just number one. Consume, yeah. consume, consume. 
And if you got to pay premium to get on there, we'll give you that too. It's all about consumption. I mean, I like consumption, but it has to, there has to be a balance. I mean, coming back to my job, like one of the things that, you know, as my career has gone on, I could have made a lot of money a long time ago if I were happy to stay in the city and work like a lunatic, you know, 12 hours a day and then commute two hours both ways and blah, blah, blah. You know, my husband too, who you know, you know, Mm. before he became a professor, he was, uh, he was a programmer at, um, you know, a large financial company in downtown Manhattan and making very good money. And he'd yeah. gotten promoted like three times in like the six months I knew him, you know, and he was on his way yeah. at a very young age to being a project manager. And he would have done very well for himself financially there. But, you know, we both hated that mentality, hated that, you know, all that matters is the money, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and we've both kind of tailored our life and our careers around flexibility and, you know, it's a big trade off. It, it is. But it, it doesn't is. always have to be a trade off. It doesn't. I think it it you have to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be willing to creatively look for ways that aren't the traditional way you know yeah yeah now coming back to that yeah you know i mean i my first job i was at that company for like eight years and and you know after a couple of years i was able to work from home a few days a week and i realized how great that was with Mm -hmm. the internet you know you can do that and you know i eventually when i left there i had a job here on long island so i didn't have to commute anymore and then i got a job at American Home Mortgage, which went out of business at three months after I started there. And then I went to CA Technologies, and that's 20 minutes from my house. But my boss was up in Massachusetts, and her boss was in London, and we were dealing with people all over the world, and there was no reason to go into the office. Yeah. And I didn't, even though it was 20 minutes from my house, I would work from home. It's not worth it. I absolutely love working from home. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. I've, uh, you know, some people like my husband will say, oh, I don't know how you can do it. I go crazy if I don't get to go see people. I don't need to see people. I'm, I, I talk to people. That's good enough for me. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the phone or on the Internet, you know, and chats with people all day long. Yeah, that's your social. I don't need to see them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't need to see them. I get more work done. There's less bullshit, yeah. you know, less of that. People shit. are so much more productive at home, oh too. My God. Yes. You know, especially if you find the right person. I mean, I, I'm starting because this, this business I'm building, I'm trying to build the entire business on the premises that everybody will work remotely. I do not want anybody to come to an office. Mm. I do not want to have an office space. I want to be able to get as much work done as I do in Starbucks as I do here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I need a laptop that can handle what this thing, yeah. this best, this piece could do. Um but, like, that's the kind of thing. And people are like, well, why? Don't you want to be able to see these people? Like, I don't give a fuck. They want to go work from Hawaii? Go work from Hawaii. What difference is it make? Yeah. Like, hey, as long as you got an internet connection and you can get done what I ask you to get done in a reasonable amount of time, you know, if you get your 40-hour work week done of everything I asked you to do in 35 hours, enjoy the last five. Yep. Those yep. are on me, bud. You figured out. You figured out the secret sauce. You know, say something, you know, if you're getting crushing work and you figured out something better because that could save everybody time and then I could delegate better. But 
You know, if you're figuring out how to do things more efficiently and stuff like that, by all means, go work. See, that's the key to working successfully remotely is communication. Yes. And that, it really is. I mean, it's it's the thing that makes one person successful and another person is not successful. You have to make sure you have a presence. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure people know that you're there and that you're working. You have to send emails first thing in the morning. You have to send emails last thing at night. You have to create... A pre, you know, your your presence. Yeah. I mean, I've had coworkers who were very good workers, and they absolutely got stuff done. But people were always doubting their effectiveness because yeah. you wouldn't hear from them for two weeks. Mm. You know, always gotta just at least look like you're working. You gotta look like you're working. You know, just send out those BS emails. Yeah, and all well, that kind of. I mean, it's not as like you said though. It's not necessarily BS. You're communicating. Like at the end of the day, I always send out. This is where I am. You know, you send out a little progress check. You yeah. Know? I worked yeah. until hey, eleven. I, I actually did something today. Right. I worked until eleven o'clock last night, and yeah. I sent out an email and I said, "Hey, you know, this is where we're at. This is what we have to get done tomorrow." Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of what Agile does with daily standups. Is you just say, "This is what I worked on today." This is what I'm working on tomorrow. This is what blockers I have. That's all you need to communicate. Three things. Yeah. This is what I did today. This is what I'm working on tomorrow. This is what blocks me from moving forward. If you communicate those three things regularly, your coworkers all have what they need. Yeah. That's you know, gold. And that everybody can Straight function gold. together. Yeah. Um, as we're getting closer to the end of the show, because we've almost crushed an hour and a half already. Wow. Holy crap. Time flies on this thing. I like talking. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's that's what we need on here. Um, I want to cover your new business adventure oh, yeah. and what you're doing exactly because um, you are hitting a very interesting niche that so many people have no idea what it is. Like I just say social media and people are like, oh, that's cool. Like you do things on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I do websites too. Like, oh, everybody knows that. Nobody knows what Agile Scrum and all that kind of consulting work that you do is. Yeah. So in addition to the burst data warehousing and analytics stuff I do, I also do Scrum like mentoring and training. Um, I'm a certified Scrum um, product owner. And Are you a Scrum master? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a certified Scrum master and certified Scrum product What owner. is Scrum for people that scrum are like, is Scrum is a form of Agile. Okay. Um, and it is what I was describing where it's organized around um discrete bodies of work of sprints Mm -hmm. um, and creating what you call user stories so the user stories are what it is that the user wants Mm -hmm. what do they care about and you know breaking those down into tasks um, sizing the stories which means figuring out how much work it's going to take to get that story completed Mm -hmm. Um, and organizing that and, you know, getting the work parsed out to the people on the team and getting it done in the two weeks. And then you have, um, you know, organized meetings with the customer to show them what was done. And then you have retrospective meetings to talk as a team and see what went well and what didn't go well. Um, And it's it's an amazing, it's a highly, highly effective way. Like 95% of businesses today who, who do software development either do all agile or at least hybrid agile, you mm-hmm. know, and, and five years ago it was, a, you know, it's every single year yeah, grows. It's proven and, it works. So right, why not get on board? It absolutely works. It saves companies millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it's not just with software though. Not software at all. Is just the primary Not at all. It's, it, it came out of software, but it is a way of doing any kind of work mm-hmm. when you have, 
I've seen it done with marketing campaigns and sales campaigns. I've seen it done with creating prod like physical products and, and getting them manufactured. It works best with projects where, um, if it's a repeatable process, like, um, if I put this into this machine and it twists it the way it's supposed to, it comes out exactly the same every time. There's no point in Agile there because it's a known process with known results. If it's any process where it's creative, mm. where it's not known exactly how to get from point A to point Z, that's when Agile absolutely excels. Mm. The old way, Waterfall, excels when you're doing when you're building a building and you know exactly what cement mix to use and what boards you need you know it's it's yeah. if, if you Very follow structured. those instructions it will come out the way it's supposed to come out yeah <laughs> agile works when you don't have an instruction book like that mm. you know and you need to get to this picture that you have here of this beautiful house and you have no idea how to get there yeah agile is much more effective in those circumstances mm. and it's it's i I have, I love it. I mean, I love working with Agile. It's fun. It, it creates camaraderie. Um, people have had a perception of Agile that has been, you know, the scrum has kind of promoted this perception that it has to be all everybody on site together. But I've used it with remote teams successfully for a decade. And, you know, so that's one of the things that I want to help companies with is, how do you do agile? How do you bring that into your practice as a company at, you know, whether it is creating your website or creating a product or, or implementing something or mm -hmm. creating a marketing or sales campaign, you know, any, any kind of campaign, it can be a project as short as two weeks mm -hmm. or a project as long as years, you yeah. know, it, it works for any size project. Yeah. It can be, you know, something with just a couple people. It could be something that's huge and has dozens and dozens of people involved. In that case, you do what we call a scrum of scrums, or you can even do a scrum of scrum of scum, scrums. I can't even say it. You know, you can, you can, you, you have coordinated groups that work together. I'm mm -hmm. doing that on one of the projects that I'm doing now for a major sporting team, which I won't say who they are, mm -hmm. um, where you have several development teams working on completely different things, and they have a representative of each team that meets in their own scrum, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's highly effective it's fun it feels so good when it's it was like the first time i came across it it was just like oh my god that makes so much more sense mm -hmm. i mean i have adhd so i i the idea <laughs> of trying to get every single detail mapped out in the beginning it doesn't make any sense to absolutely me. Impossible. it's just it's nuts it just doesn't make sense mm -hmm. so this was like, okay, this makes sense. I have a goal. I know where I need to get to. Mm -hmm. These are steps I can take today that get me towards that goal. I don't need to map the entire journey out. Yeah. I just need to always be moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. And and at the end of two, every two weeks, I course correct and I see, am I moving in that direction or did what we do here take us off track a little bit? If it yeah. did, we can course correct now rather than waiting 18 months into the project to see, oh shit, we're in it Australia fails. and we should have been in China, yeah. you know? Like, so I, I love it, it's fun. And I, I would, you know, love to share it with companies. No, it's great, so. that's crazy. Yeah, 2018, the land of, the year of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's my first time owning my own company. You know, it's, it was a good time to do it. I'm, I'm a burst consultant, I do data warehouse and analytics consulting as well as the mm -hmm. Agile and Scrum consulting. 
Um, there's a huge demand for it that uh, you know that I saw out there, and it seemed like a great time to no longer work for somebody else and to work for myself. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. It's wild what you can do, and through the power of the internet, yeah. you can work remotely. You don't have to go into these places. Um, you all know. my stuff, all what I, most of what I work with is in the cloud. You know, yeah. these data warehouses, they're, they're, who knows where they are? I'm trying Doesn't to matter. do, I'm, my goal with this company, like I said, but I need everything to be in the cloud. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to RDP into a computer. That's how cloud I want it to be. Like, up. Oh, Working on SUNY Farmingdale's campus, yeah. let me hop on their computer and oh, yeah. I can log into everything and I have my full setup and everything like that and don't have to be bothered, you know. Everything should be in the cloud. Oh my God. You know, I mean, with, with, with AWS, you know, and all the, all the Amazon web services or the Google web services, there's so much that can just be done, you know, there's, there's no need for some physical piece of hardware somewhere mm -hmm. and now even things like chromebooks and stuff they're getting so much better you know which is it's another step in that direction of having less and less on your machine mm -hmm. you know and more and more of it living out there my well, my, yeah. my antivirus that i use is uh -huh. entirely cloud-based what that what means do you use? web root okay it's awesome okay. it's so is that made by kaspersky no it is okay. not okay i'm not using kaspersky okay good Good. They're bad. Yeah. Um, no, it's Webroot. It's very, very fast. It's so light. Like the footprint on your machine is so small because all the antivirus, all everything's in the cloud. So there's no updates that have to mm. be run. It's always up to date. Mm. You know, so it's they can respond much faster to threats and they can put together, you know, react things that that predict threats based yeah. on the power of the cloud and the knowledge that they have of all the computers that are connecting they can see these trends happening before they happen and mm -hmm. stop them uh, it's it's such a dramatic difference from what antivirus used to be everything is oh. i mean everything the only thing that you need a, a tower for is video games oh, I know. and if you're doing image or video processing yeah. that's really it yeah because those two processes do a tremendous, for anyone who's listening, because um, I know you know this, but a tremendous drain on your CPU. You need a graphics card. Yeah. But other than that. And bit mining. You need a good yeah, graphics card yeah. for bit mining. What's your thoughts on cryptocurrencies? I think it's crazy. I, 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 I It makes me feel old. I don't understand it, no matter how. it. It's like the stock market, but worse. Like... It, yeah, it's it's, it's a complete beat. No, it's a pyramid scheme. It's bullshit. Mining? You're mining? What the fuck is that? You're yeah. not mi you're not producing anything. Your computer is crunching numbers and creates code, and they call that money. It's worth money. But why? It's worth money because other people say it's worth money. That's why our dollar bills. Worth I money. know, <laughs> I know, but it drives me crazy. I hope it goes away because it it's just, not, I know, I just, not. I feel like I'm being left behind. It's its the power, the, everything moves I so fast. Like, I literally had a customer come up to me because like, oh, I want to do business with you. Do you accept cryptocurrencies? And I'm like, no. I mean, yeah, I will. You know, I'm not going to turn down a Bitcoin. Can, can you do that on PayPal? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, just here, here's my here's my Coinbase account. Send me the money, oh, and God. you know I'll do the services. I don't I care, and and I'd almost rather get paid in cryptocurrency because the chances of it going down now are so small. I don't know if I agree with that. I I feel like there's this tremendous wave of like money coming into the market that it's going to drive prices up, and I've I, had it may on the whole. But picking one cryptocurrency over another is just a friggin' gamble. There's so many of, of them. Absolutely. And you bet on one, you know, and, you know, you go all in on Bitcoin and then tomorrow some other new thing comes out that's cooler. And Get this. I met a guy, met him in person, not on the internet. <laughs> I, I feel like you need to specify that because <laughs> like of our conversation. Reals. But yeah, IRL in real life. And he turned 25000 to $4 million on cryptocurrencies like that shit is insane that's part of what drives me nuts about it is that i feel like i'm missing the boat like i'm missing an opportunity because i just can't but it's but it's It's like like i'd need to take acid to wrap my brain around it's literally you have the odds of going to jake's jake's 58 you know you have the same odds as going to atlantic city sober sober but that's it but i hate gambling gambling's stupid but it's just gamble like you can make a shitload of money or you could lose all your money like the one part i like about the stock market is there is a there's a pretty good chance it's not just gonna vanish like there's no like nike is not going out of business tomorrow you can diversify yeah you know you can spread it around broadly diversify coins i know but it just it's all crazy but it's just it's so i've read like three or four maybe five different articles on it now and i still don't understand it and if i can't even begin to understand it i'm not there's a tim ferris podcast um and he has a cryptographer on there and he talks he goes into some serious depth i think it's like two hours long that one shook my brain pretty good um listen to something for two hours but i can try it's tough Honestly, and I like audio, mm. clearly. Um, it was a struggle for me to get through. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I listened to it and I was like, oh, I get this. Like, I kind of knew about it. And then I really started doing like some real research on it. And then I became like my company's expert in it. And then I'm like, honestly, this is like cool and all. But this shit's going way faster than we can handle. Like that's the thing. Like there's so many things to learn, and that's why I love being in tech. Is I love learning new things all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I may have even been in your class where I had a student at the beginning of the class. Like I'm asking everybody to introduce themselves, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, oh, I'm glad to be. I'll be done with school because then I'll never have to learn anything again. And I'm like, well, you're in the wrong field, buddy. Because uh, if, oh, it's, you're, the, you're in the wrong field. You're in the wrong life, bro. Yeah, like, I mean. If that is your Go mentality, be a plumber? yeah, no, even then, like that shit's changing too. Like everything yeah. is changing. If you give up or I'm done, I'm just, I was glad to not have to go back to school. Right. But like the moment you say I'm done learning, you You're will done. die. Yeah. You know, maybe not literally die, but you will fail in your career. You will never get that raise. You won't get that promotion. Mm-hmm. You won't Go get be hired. A Walmart by, yeah, you get won't. Yeah, you yeah. won't be hired by a new company. Yeah. Like, th- it is so goddamn competitive in this world that we live in. It's it's an absolutely insane, and the fact that it's 
there's still people with the same mentality of, oh, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to get a degree, and I'm just going to get this job. No. Like, holy shit, if you think that that's what going to college is for, you are already starting a mile behind yeah, everybody it's else. It's just an intro. It's like, just yeah, to get you This started. is just a... It, what you should be learning in college is how to learn. You should be learning how to approach learning so that then when you need to le- approach it on your own, you have an idea of how to approach it. I got one more question okay. for you because we just crossed yeah. one hour and 31 right. minutes. We got to finish. Do you think colleges should teach or require students to take life courses like like, fi- like basic finance, um, real estate, how or how real estate works? You know, um, rules and regulations of a lot of things, you know, how to basically be a like a good person, you know, simple, like, hey, how to cook, how to, um, God, how to travel, like stupid things like that. Do you think that they're like missing, like, you know, how to manage That's a what checkbook? adult ed classes at the library are for. But do you, th- yeah, but nobody utilizes them. At least well, I they feel shouldn't. like. But like, do you think do you think people would get more benefit if they were required to, you know, take a course on, hey, this is welcome to life now, now that you're done with high school. Here's how to eat healthy. Here's how to cook. Here's how to do all of these basic skills that are being so removed from every little aspect that you go through, like higher learning. Well, I get your point. I mean, I think that those might be, it might be cool to have like electives in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, just like. Yeah, just like one class. Just like my hubby took bowling, you know, in Nassau community as a sport, you know, and he loved it. He had a great time, you know. <laughs> um, I know. But I don't think it should be required. I, I, no? Not at co- They well, should be in high elective, school. As an elective. As electives. At least. At least. You know, you hey, can, you could take. You know, gen ed and the gen ed class is like how to be a human, you know, how to file your taxes. When I when I graduated high school and moved down, my mother gave me this book, which was something like all the things your mother should have taught you and never did. And it Mm. had a chapter on cooking and it had a chapter on (laughs) changing a tire and it had a chapter on basic plumbing and it had a chapter on balancing your checkbook. And it had like it should all be required. All of that stuff. Life, you know, welcome to life, bro. Like, hey, here's. But you, you. know what? Ninety percent of that stuff you can do online easier, and you know what I mean. Like it, and, and like things like the, how to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. There's so much information about how to eat healthy, and it's so contradictory. Like, there's no one way to teach somebody yeah. how to eat healthy. All right, like, fair enough. But that's the problem with so much of this stuff. It's like. Balance your checkbook or just get quick in and it'll balance it for you. You yeah. know, who balances their checkbook anymore? You know? I don't have a checkbook. Right. But, just, but that's, that's, but that's like, my point. You know, how to right? manage your like, finances. How yeah, to like, like, I don't know, like what's an APR? You know, how do those things work? You know, basic finance class. Right. Like, welcome to. I do think finance, basic finance would be really useful for most people, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure that that should wait till college. I think it should be in high school. I can Like they have to take health. They should have to take basic high school is such finance bullshit, though, too. i know honestly i mean i liked high school but like fuck 
How like, much of that stuff do you retain, too? No, but I think it should be high school because I think that, that there are a lot of valid choices where you don't go to yeah. college, and I think everybody should learn those things. Yeah, I tell you, the last, the last math thing I ever needed was Pythagorean theorem, and that's about is where I kept that. Like, I learned calculus for no reason. Yeah. Couldn't tell you anything about it now. Like, never had to look it up again. Knew kind of what I was going to do. Didn't really know 100% in college, but I, like, kind of had an idea. Um I took, I didn't take calculus until I went for my second master's degree, which was in computer information systems. And that Mm. one, I had to take calculus for no reason whatsoever. I've never, ever, ever used it. And I love math. I love statistics. I use that all day long. It has nothing to do with calculus. Yeah, that sucks. That's all right. What are you going to do? Anyway, we just crushed an hour and 35 minutes. How do people find you? How do they find out about you? I don't recommend phone numbers. My company is Agile Dragon Consulting. They can go to HTTPS, AgileDragonConsulting.com. They can find me, Cindy Hasky, on LinkedIn. Um, Yeah. C. Hasky at AgileDragonConsulting.com. On my social media? Yeah, I don't like to talk to anybody on, yeah, just LinkedIn. Just LinkedIn, yeah. the professional network. Yeah, all right. I do stuff. Facebook for friends. Yeah, I hate Twitter. Hate it. I'm in the same boat, yeah. and I sell it. I don't yeah, like Twitter. No, I hate it. I think it's not good. So LinkedIn is my professional connection. Good. All right. All right. This Until was next fun. Time. Thanks nice for coming you. down. I'm glad you came. This yeah. Is, this is awesome. It's the the roles have changed. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> You've grown up, Harrison. Uh, I'm so proud. I grew up. I was growing up in college. At, the, at least my you last. You were growing up in kindergarten. Yeah. I was like, I just got to get this over with here. We got to. I need my little degree. It's, yeah. Springs. Got to upgrade still. You know. Things. All right. Until next time. Right. Take care. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks. See you later. Bye. I hope everybody enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. I love her. She's great. Um, it's just weird, you know, weird from being a student to now the uh, the podcast host uh, and having her on. But a uh, huge thank you to Cynthia for coming and hanging out with me for a little while. Um, if you haven't already and you enjoyed the podcast, smash that subscribe button. I do greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm also in the process of working on some sponsorships and a bunch of other stuff too, but you didn't hear that in the beginning because I didn't want to tell you. If you made it this far, I love the shit out of you. Uh, comment, like, share it, tell people about it, get the word grow, get the word going so we can get this thing growing. Oh, I like that. That sounded good. Um, greatly, greatly appreciate it, guys. As always, follow the social, Brutally Honest Podcast, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Harrison underscore Baron for my personal. Um, and you kind of you get to see what's been going on. But that's it, folks. I love you all. I really do. Until the next time, I will see you later. Peace.